I first found Jim Ramos uh, when I found a book that he had written called A Field Guide, a bathroom book for men. And I thought, Brian, I thought, man, I got to meet this guy. <laughs> he wrote a bathroom book for men. Turns out it's a good book. And he's written a number of other books, Men in the Arena. And, um, and so I met Jim. And he's got a podcast listened to by tens of thousands of men around the world. And he, and he speaks out of a background of having gone through a number of issues. But then he was in uh, ministry, then saw the need to speak into the lives of men. And, it sh and he pivoted, changed everything in his life, started a podcast. And yeah. guys like you and me started listening to it. And uh, so Jim's, Jim's a good guy. He's up there in uh, beautiful McMinnville, Oregon. Oh, okay. Yeah, which Love is it. south of Portland. Yeah. But, um, yeah, great guy. Men in the arena. Of course, that comes out of that, you know, Th Teddy Roosevelt's a great uh, speech that he did about, you know, men in the arena. That the only man who really knows uh, difficulty is the man who's actually been in the arena. The man covered in dirt and, sure. dirt and sweat. You know, we uh, we recently remodeled our, our uh, home and uh, and we needed a new a new uh, toilet uh, roll holder for well, the we're bathroom. Back to the bathroom book. Yeah, well, I want, this is important. I think so. Okay. We're talking, and so we were doing research on toilet paper roll holders. And do you know they sell them with little little uh, racks, so you can put your phone on top of the toilet. Oh, you roll mean like holder. a standalone, like a little standalone? No, thing. no, it's attaches to the side, it attaches to kidding? the wall, it's and so like it looks like a normal thing with a place for your phone. It's got a little, it's like over the standard over under toilet paper holder, but it's got a little rack. And so you can put your phone on top of it. So that's where we've come in society. Steve Jobs created a society where we, we bring our phones into the, well, I'm not going to say who does that or not, but yeah. Yeah. But, but I mean, you, you, in other words, you can actually set your phone there and watch it. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, so, you can. It's just go to Google. So you can see a, it. Yeah. So it's a, yeah. It's a number one, number two phone holder, not a number one. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So, so Jim, Jim Ramos is coming right up, uh, yeah. and uh, Paul, Paul's had the ability to to grab a few uh, uh, great folks and interview them as a as a helicopter comes by. Well, hold on one second. Oh yeah. Well, maybe somebody's coming in to rescue you from your opener. <laughs> maybe that's Trump. Is it is it President it, Trump going by? It said I thought it said Trump on the side. Well, maybe it can't his, be. Well, that would be his son. Yeah, that'd be his yeah, son. His, his, one of his boys would be in the Trump. All right, future. we'll just leave this you in. Know. Hey, listen, Absolutely. we're recording. We're we're recording this in the middle of a quarantine. As we record this, it's day I don't know fifty or something. Oh, I thought it was day one hundred eighty-five. Oh my gosh! And so. Me. So I took my office outside. So I'm recording uh, out recording this outside. But hey, Jim's coming right up with Paul. And um, uh, but before he does that, we do want to encourage you to subscribe, listen, and share, and uh, share this podcast with your friends. Uh, subscribe on Apple, Google, Spotify, or anywhere your favorite podcast is played. And uh, Paul likes to get feedback, so you can drop him an email. Paul at cmn.men, Paul at cmn.men, and uh, Paul does read those and um, uh, respond. So yes, prayer, requests, uh, prayer requests, prayer yeah. requests, or ideas for the podcast, or whatever we do want to hear of that. Um, so let's head into uh, interview. Anything you want to know before we hear from Jim? 
No, just Jim is a guy that's going to help us really to be free from shame and guilt. He talks to men a lot about uh, what it is to live in freedom. And you'll hear Jim Ramos today on Brave Men. It's Brave Men with Paul Lewis Cole. Wisdom and courage for the journey. Jim Ramos, great to talk to you. It's, having Jim Ramos here is uh, really a, a blessing because Jim is a guy who just gets stuff done. Jim Ramos started uh, Men in the Arena a number of years ago. In fact, 2012, Jim, if I'm not mistaken, you and your wife just kind of said, let's go full bore on this thing. Is that right? Yeah, it was a real scary process, man. Hey, thanks for having me on the show, first of all. But it was a, a season filled with a horror, you know, trying to mix your faith and your fear together and just press it into it, man. And so, yeah, we launched this thing in 2012. We now, how'd you start it? You started, yeah. you had a different name, Jim. Yeah, it was called The Great Hunt for God. The Great Hunt and for so God. We are still officially that, but what then The Great Hunt for God comes from Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 and 14, where Paul says, Forgetting what is behind me, I press on. That word press on is, is, is a twofold meaning. It can mean to race or chase after. Hmm. It also is a hunting word to stalk or pursue game. Wow. And so our thought was the greatest trophy a man can pursue is God. Wow. But the problem that's fantastic. was, I, yeah. And, guys, and you're a yeah. hunter. Oh, yeah. That's where the confusion came in. Guys are like, well, I'm not a hunter. Can I be a part of this? We're like, yeah, we need to change the name and come up with something more generic. <laughs> so you went to a quote from a guy who really wasn't all fond of uh, Christians, actually. Yeah, he, he, yeah, exactly. But I love the concept and the word picture of men getting in the game, getting in the arena. And, and a lot of people in or out of the church, recognize the quote. We're talking about Teddy Roosevelt, of course. Yeah, Teddy Roosevelt, man in the arena. Yeah, yeah, and so they resonate with that. And so it's been a great word picture for us. And, and it doesn't matter if you hunt or fish or surf or, uh, or you're into music or you're into computers. That, that, that word picture is imagery that I feel like every man can relate to. And every man needs to relate to. Wouldn't you agree with that, Jim? Well, absolutely. I mean, isn't that kind of why you're doing what you're doing is because – so many of us are either not in the arena or, or we've lost hope. Yeah. Well, what we have discovered is if you've, you know, I know that you have a passion for the local church, as do I in the local church, you have roughly, you know, 80% of the guys are faceless, nameless and anonymous in churches. They don't give, they don't serve, they don't contribute. And so we're asking those guys to get out of the anonymous bleachers and get into the game and get on the field. And then you have the other guys that have been weary and they're, they're, they've temporarily tapped out and are on the sidelines watching. So we want guys to have this image of, hey, be known. God wants to put you on display. God wants you to be seen. He wants you to be known, not so you can boast about it, mm -hmm. but so you can put him on display. And so that's what we're calling guys out of the bleachers and into the arena. So you're calling men into the arena and you're calling them into manhood. What is manhood? Yes. How do you define that? In fact, you wrote that in a book called a field guide and give me the subtitle for that again. Yeah. So it's our bathroom book for men. And then we I also, <laughs> I just, I knew what it was. I've got it right here. I just wanted to say, I just think it's great. The field guide, the bathroom book for men. And I noticed each chapter is about as long as you figured a guy should take to do his business. Yeah. Each, yeah. And we tell the guys, if you run out of paper, don't use our paper. And that's double cut right. you, man. 
Oh man. But, but how do you define manhood then? Yeah. yeah. So what we did, man, is when we, when we decided to define manhood, we wanted a definition of manhood. We called our man card that would transcend time, transcend the de demographics, transcend race, tra transcend even religion. It had to be something that, that really was in line with all of humanity. And so what we did is we came up with a mountain motif. So you climb a mountain. So five-fold definition of manhood. The trailhead is protecting integrity because if you don't have integrity, it doesn't matter who you are or what position you hold, men resonate with men of integrity. And if you are a liar, a cheater, a stealer, guys just shut you out. So protecting integrity is the trailhead. The climb is what we call fighting apathy. You know, we live in a world that is, is pushing biblical manhood down, that is trying to subvert, subvert biblical manhood. It is a, a man has to push against the resistances that are trying to push him back down the mountain. So we call that the fight against apathy. And apathy is basically indifference, uh, unfeeling, not caring about the things you care about. And the summit of manhood, the apex of manhood, even though we wanted to create a definition of manhood that is more generic, we have, we have come to the conclusion passionately that a man is at his best. A man has hit the summit when he radically gives his life to Jesus Christ and decides to pursue him. <clears throat> That's when a guy is at his best. Now, we've seen guys that are great men who don't know Jesus. We've seen guys that are horrible men who do know Jesus. Yeah, But okay. at the end of the day is to be your best version in Christ, you need to pursue him passionately. So the backside of manhood, and I know you'll really resonate, Nate, with this, the backside of manhood, we've seen a lot of guys give their lives to Jesus and then kind of hand their family and their marriage over the church, let the pastoral team take care of them. Yeah. We're saying, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. We need, we, yeah, we're saying you need to lead courageously. So point four of our definition of manhood is leading courageously. And then the last part is finishing strong. You know, mm. I don't know about you, man, but I've, I've, I've wondered in the church why so many spirit-filled followers of Jesus finish wrong. And, and what happened to them that they just kind of lost their way? And so we, we think that men should finish strong. That is what a man does. He finishes strong, which means he finishes every day strong. He gets home at night after work. He's got kids in the house. He's got a wife in the home. He needs to get off the couch, put the remote down, and love on those kids and his woman for that five to nine window. That's his job. So a man does five things. Protects, protects integrity, fights apathy, pursues God passionately, leads courageously, and finishes strong. So that's what we think a man is. That's fantastic. Now, finishing strong, J. Robert Clinton wrote a book in 1988 called uh, The Making of a Leader. And then he followed it up uh, 20 years later. It was actually a class project as a professor at, um, hmm. at Fuller Theological. And, and the book, what they did is they began to study the lives of uh, great leaders through history, Christian leaders. And in the Bible, they studied the lives. It seems to me that first one, uh, Jim, would have been about, it seems to me it was 500 leaders they studied. And what they wow. came up with surprised them all that only 30% of the leaders finished strong. Yeah. 20 years later, they redid that just before he uh, retired from teaching. They, they went back through it and they studied 5,000 leaders worldwide over the last 300 years. And what he was shocked at is the stat held the same, 30%. Wow. 
But I would say, Jim, and you've got a background in church and ministry, uh, I would say that most guys would think that was somebody else, not them. So what is it that, that moves a man off the battlefield, off the playing field? What is it that, that as you work at this, and you guys have been working at this for a lot longer than 2012, that's just when the fruition of Correct. what was in your heart happened, right? Correct. So what is it that, that fighting apathy is one thing. Uh, it's kind of like the, the sign I saw one time that said, I'm against apathy or, or not. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so how do we, how does a man do that? And how have you seen guys resurrect their lives? Because there's a statement you made in that book about something that really captured you. And yes. you saw it, you were sitting in a coffee shop. Yes. And tell me about that. It captured your heart and it was part of the genesis of this. And then how have you been able to help men capture that same thing? Yeah, I was in a coffee shop uh, in Sisters, Oregon, and I was reflecting on my life at age 44. Felt like uh, I wasn't, it was time for a change. Now, when I got saved, I got saved out of a football injury. I was up in the Stanford area when I was, uh, had surgery, Red, Redwood City. Got overdosed by anesthesiologist. I was blind wow. for three days. This was a, not, a, not a Christian How, guy. Well, let's go back here. How old were you at that point? 19. You were 19. So was this high school or college? So this is college football, Santa Clara University. Santa Clara. Yeah. So you were a yeah. big time player, man. <laughs> hey, and the so older I get, the injury, better I was, baby. You had an injury and you end up. I end up getting OD'd by the anesthesiologist. I go blind for three days at <sighs> 19 years old, blind, not serving Jesus. God spoke to me for the very first time in my life. And he said, I want you to make a difference in the lives of teens. So for the next 25 years, I did that. I worked with. Uh, I went with uh, for, with autistic kids, then I moved into the prison system, and then I moved to you know, California Youth Authority, then I went into right. ministry, did that until 2012. Wow. In a coffee shop in late 2010, I was sitting there reflecting on my life, and I was staring at this coffee cup, and there was a quote on it from a guy who lived around 185 AD named St. Irenaeus. Some people say St. Irenaeus. The quote said, the glory of God is man fully alive. Wow. And when I read that quote, I realized that after some reflection that God had wired me, not for teenagers, but for men. And I sat in that coffee shop and silently argued with God. And I said, well, Lord, I need a Damascus experience like when I was 19. And the Lord just whispered to me, I've just changed your heart. And so that was the launch of the ministry uh, wow. in my heart. It was conceived in a coffee shop. And then you asked a question about wow. men giving up, you know, uh, Robert yeah. Bly, Robert Bly, uh, John Eldridge, a lot of guys will talk about the woundedness of men. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's why men give up. I don't think men give up because of their wounds. I don't know about you, Paul, but you're a surfer guy. You know, we, you love the board. Oh, the board cut my arm and look at my arm. Oh, it's cutting all these stitches. We are not afraid of wounds as men. What no. I have found, and this is going to sound, here's what I have found. I have found that men lack a biblical virtue that nobody ever talks about. It's not a fruit of the spirit, but it's the fruit of a man filled with the Holy Spirit. And that, that thing that I think is lacking with men today is found in Hebrews 12. Let me read it to you. Yeah. Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside the encumbrances, the sin that so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who endured 
the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of God. For let us consider him who endured such hostility. And so the character trait, the biblical virtue that men need is the virtue of grit. True grit. And I think guys tap out, guys go up into the arena. We all get wounded. Yeah, we all get wounded. wounded. We all yeah. get beat up. But what causes a guy to tap out, throw in the towel, walk away, quit? When another guy steeps swinging, even though his hands are so sore, he can barely grip the thing, and it is grit. And I think we need to speak to grit more today than ever in our society because we live in a, a technological, literate world that overemphasizes talent, education, and intellect, and underemphasizes raw talent. Angela Duckworth wrote a book called On Grit, yeah. and she studied grit extensively, and she determined that grit is a greater determinant of success than IQ or talent or education. And so wow. I, I just think that men need to grow in the virtue of grit and stop complaining about all of their wounds and baggage. They just need to grab their pants, pull them up, trust God, surrender to the power of the Holy Spirit, and be the man that God has called them to be. Like your dad said, maximize their manhood. Yeah. You can't do it without grit. There's a great term in uh, in um, Urdu that is Mard Bosch, which is uh, uh, in the Middle East, and, and, and the, the term is in Iran is Mard Bosch. And, and I said, what does that mean in English? And the guy says, it's hard to explain. It just means be a man. <laughs> and I said, I said, uh, does it sort of more mean grow a pair? He I almost said, said it's, that. <laughs> it's basically that. I said, well, I think that's understandable. Yeah, I almost I said that, but I thought this is your podcast. I'm going to keep no, it no, no, PG. <laughs> so here's the deal. Uh, Marcus Luttrell and Lone Survivor, remember yes, that? Yes, yes. Read the book. You remember his line? Yep. His Embrace buddy, the suck of life. And his buddy looks at him and says, and Marcus says, hey, can you fire? In other words, can you shoot over that direction? He goes, bro, I'm hit. So I got shot. He says, we're all shot, but can yeah. you fight? Yep. I never forgot that line. And I, obviously, difficult situation, but, but the stress of life, you know. Yes. I got a favorite author. He's a, named Sebastian Younger. I don't know if you've read his books. He wrote The Perfect Storm. Then he wrote a book uh, called War and another book called Tribe. And he talks about men under wow. fire. Oh, really? Yeah. Sebastian Younger is a, it's a, it, it would be a not a Christian book. It's a, but it is a biblical book as far as I'm concerned, because Sebastian nails this whole thing about what is it to be in fight as a brother. You know, uh, Elijah had this amazing moment where he speaks and fire comes out of the sky where he prays. Yes, fire came out of the sky. Now we biblicize this stuff, Jim. And we're like, yeah, you know, uh, he spoke and the fire of God consumed the sacrifice and go, dude, no fire came out of the sky. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like for real. And then he killed 400 guys, priests with a sword. Like he, like he sliced and diced them, <laughs> Jim. And then he's running and he ends up, Totally disconnected. In fact, tells his servant to leave, and he's running because the the wife of the king puts a contract out on him. Yep. 
This is a guy who called fire from the sky, who said it won't rain and it didn't rain, who killed 400 people. You know, I can't imagine those priests stood there and goes, yeah, 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 cut me. I, <laughs> you know, this is, this is a stout guy. And he's under a rock, and he's disconnected, he's depressed, he's in despair, and he says, you might as well kill me. In other words, he becomes suicidal. So he tries yes. to do it Jonah, when Jonah threw himself off. He said, throw me off the boat, yep. might as well commit suicide. And the fish catches him, which wasn't God's judgment, it was God's mercy, saving his life as he tried to commit suicide. So, so here's Elijah, hey, might as well kill me. And God says, no, 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 I've got 7,000 others. Now, now check this out, Jim. Why didn't Elijah know one of those guys? Mm. How centered had how myopic had he become in what he was supposed to do with his hands? Yeah. He forgot what the center of his heart was about. And the center of our hearts and the beauty of men in the arena is it's about brotherhood. Absolutely. And Elijah lost the focus of what his whole thing was about at the end of the day. This whole thing's about friendship. It's not about sitting in chairs facing forward. It's about sitting at tables facing each other. You know, that's why I love this whole picture of you starting this whole thing out of a coffee place, man. <laughs> the only thing cooler would have been that you were, in one sense, you were sitting at a bar run by a guy named Yahib or something, you know? Well, I was I was helping a guy on an elk hunt during that week. So there, there you go. <laughs> Yeah, see, I love that stuff. We'll be right back with more of Paul's interview with Jim Ramos here on the Brave Men podcast. Uh, just a reminder, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can uh, drop us an email, paul at cmn.men, and Paul will personally get your email and respond. Uh, also, uh, cmn.men is a, is a great resource for uh, more information about Christian Men's Network, uh, items you can download, stream, uh, uh, great study guides, and links to all of the other resources, including Majoring in Men and Achieve Lab, etc. So that's cmn.men, cmn.men. Let's get back now to more of the Brave Men podcast with Paul Cole and Jim Ramos. So now you've got three sons, is that right? I have three sons, yes. Okay. And what is it that helped you disciple them so that they didn't end up or haven't ended up? And maybe they've gone, I'm sure each one has gone through their own journey. No, for but sure. what was it you feel like in, in retrospect? Because they're in their 20s now, is that right, John? Yeah, correct. 22, 24, and 26. And, and you guys have a relationship? Oh, very close to my kids. Yeah, they're my hunting okay. buddies. Very close. In fact, my young middle son fault is heading to Illinois with me at a speaking event in uh, two weeks. And then he was just in Vermont okay. with me three weeks ago. What, what did you do right? And, and then what did you do wrong that you quit doing? Oh, well, I'll tell, you what I've, I'll tell you what I've done right. And I go back to John chapter four, Jesus and the woman at the well. The Bible says, wearied after his journey, he sat down. His disciples had gone to town to get some food and he asked the woman for a drink. So Jesus was hungry, tired, and thirsty. But Jesus showed up anyway. And I think for me, the strength I brought to my kids is I showed up. Wow. I was their dad, tired, hungry, thirsty. For 20 years when they were growing up, I showed up. I was a part of their life. Uh, I 
you know, introduced them to my hobbies. I introduced them to my God. I try, God helped me. I, I think I modeled Jesus fairly well. Well, here's what I did wrong, though. If I were to tell you what I've done wrong, I did one thing massively wrong, Paul, and I'm ashamed of this thing. I didn't realize how wrong it was until I interviewed a guy named Donald Minter on my podcast. I framed their mother in a negative light too hmm. often. So wow. I did not frame their mother as a, as a wonderful, godly, beautiful role model of a woman. I often framed her as a crazy, you know, you know, majoring on the minors. And I just did not frame their mom well. Now, I've been married to her for 28 years. She's my best friend. She's a flight attendant. We just did a 24-hour layover in Maui uh, two days ago. Wow. Flew all night with her just to be with her. Uh, love her more than any. She's my most important person on the planet. But I, I'm ashamed to say I didn't frame her well when the boys were in the house. And so now as the boys are adults, I've got to go back. And I've done this. And I've repented. I've told them, hey, I need you to forgive me for how I framed your mother. She's a rock star. But that's what I've done wrong. That's huge, man. And, and, I think and so. thank you for being vulnerable enough to yeah. uh, share that. So, so you've begun to reframe. Yes. Um, who you're, what's your wife's name? Shanna. Shanna. You've begun to reframe Shanna to your sons so yes. that your, it, the legacy, which is what comes next. And by the way, you're a grandparent. Is that right? Uh, yes, I am. Yes. Well done. Thank you so much. It's and, uh, been a fun journey. It's amazing. What, I saw a thing. Uh, it said, um, it said grandkids are uh, the reward for not having killed your children. <laughs> that is true. So, so, uh, so you and Shanna, so you had to actually go back to her then. Yes. And say, babe, I, I just got a revelation. I did. How did, how did that go down? I mean, we're, how did you actually do that? Yeah, Tell me I think how for her, I do that as a guy listening to this right now. Yeah, Jim. I think for her, she uh, grew up in a situation where she's she, in my opinion, did not receive the acceptance from her father that she deserved. And then when she married me, she did not receive that acceptance as a daughter for my dad. So she's always had this deep woundedness, this brokenness. Wow. So for me, I've been the one as her husband, as the man who carries this mantle of manhood now, right? I've had to protect and guard her. And I think I failed her in that area. So I had to ask her to forgive me and just public and just try. And she'll actually call me out. She's a tough woman. She'll say, Hey, how are you framing me right now? <laughs> so I, we just called out. And the funny part is, man, the other night, my son, we, it was a, we did a double date. It was my son's uh, birthday and his fiance. And uh, he said something to Shanna. He talked, he disrespected her and his, my son's fiance said, you knock that off. Don't talk to your mother that way. He goes, why? He goes, cause you're going to talk to me that way and I'm not going to ever allow it. And I thought, all right, well that's the baggage he got from me. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's really something, man. And uh, so, so framing her, in other words, what, what happens so often, I think for our children is they may not always listen to you, but they'll always imitate you. Yep. Well, Chuck Knox, the famous football coach, said, what you do speaks so loudly, I can't hear what you say. Yeah. And so, yeah. Yeah, but he never won a Super Bowl. <laughs> I, so, hey, all I know about is Chuck Knoll, baby. Steelers. Chuck Knoll, Steelers. Come on, man. You're one of those guys. 
Oh. <laughs> so, uh, so let me go back to this because this is huge and this is massive. Because if I'm going to raise my children, boys or girls, yes. properly, perhaps, and it's one of the things my my dad taught me. He said the most important thing that a man can do for his children is to love their mother. Now, that also is able to deal with, you know, where there's broken uh, marriages and you're in second, third marriages and stuff. Is it, it wasn't love uh, your wife. It was love their mother. Yes. And uh, so you actually just got so busy with everything. You're, you're hunting. You're doing stuff. You're raising boys. You're roughhousing. You're doing all this thing. Your wife's going, stop doing that. Somebody's going to get hurt. Uh, right? Yeah. And, and it became four against one. Yes. Yes. Wow. And, 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 and what happened then in that relationship that has now begun to totally shift and change? When we launched the ministry, we had, we had breakfast together as a family for 20 years. And five days a week, I would cook the kids breakfast, do family devotions. And it was not as pretty as it sounds, obviously, but we did it. <laughs> Good for and, you. Uh, I remember sitting at the breakfast table one day telling the kids, hey, man, they were at the time, they were 14, 16, and 18. I said, here's what dad's thinking. Here's what dad's calling me to do. I'm scared to death. I feel like God wants me to do this. I think maybe God wants me to fail. I didn't know why God wanted it. I couldn't see a way of this working out, human, humanly speaking, but God miraculously has done some beautiful things in this ministry. But I remember my 14-year-old going, day, hey, dad, I can get a paper out so we don't lose the house. And my wow. son, my oldest son said, well, I'm going to college. It's not a big deal. The 16-year-old was like, well, how does this affect me? My wife said this. She said, honey, I've trusted you for 20 years, and you've never let me down. I'm going to keep trusting you. And she, she trusted me through a house going into foreclosure to God redeeming the house. She trusted me uh, wow. to where we had no money uh, and no paycheck coming in. And then we had a $30,000 gift that launched the ministry. Wow. Uh, she trusted me to where this year we had 90 nations download our podcast and 85 nations represented wow. in our forum. And so what I've done, uh, Paul, and if I could tell guys anything, especially guys on their second and third marriage, especially those guys, your wife, Jesus has got to be the most important person in the universe in your life. <clears throat> and your wife has to be the most important person on the planet, biblically. And if she's not, you are biblically out of order. So if you've been married second, you know, one or two times, you have kids for another marriage, those kids are not the priority. Your wife is the priority. And until you make your wife the most important person on the planet, you are out of biblical context and order, my friend. And you need to repent. And I had to repent because I had not made my wife, even though I thought I did, I had made myself more important than my wife. I was defending myself and framing her negatively. Wow. And I had to repent of that. And I tell guys, most of a guy's problems in marriage is because she's not number one. And wow. she will tell you if she is or not. <laughs> yeah. That's so good, Jim. And, and I just thank God for what you and uh, your wife, Shanna, have done. And, and for the, uh, you know, the Men in the Arena podcast, which you said is going all over the world. And uh, really has established you in a tremendous place. And, and uh, I just want to say I'm, I'm going to be one of your big cheerleaders going forward, man. Because I, I think what you're doing is fantastic. 
I, you did uh, you did some man card books. I'm looking here on uh, the website. Yes. So now those are on Amazon. I can get those on yeah. Amazon. Yeah, and we actually have a book agent. We're probably going to change the title uh, to something that's a more um, classical, like your dad's book, for example. I actually, I got to tell you this, Paul. When you reached out to me, I was really honored. I modeled the man card after your dad's book, Maximize Manhood. Really? I, I went with a, I said, hey, I, went, I counted the book. The book has 48 to 50,000 words in your dad's book. It's a small book that's not intimidating. And when I wrote the man card, I wrote the man card because, you know, Paul, because Ed Cole wrote Maximize Manhood. It was a small, you know, book, a classic book. Uh, the Prayer of Jabez, a small and classic book. Yeah. Ogmandino stuff, a small and classic book. And so yeah. I modeled the book a lot after your dad's book. And um, I'm really proud of that book. I think it's a million bookseller if I change the title. <laughs> so uh jim ramos r-a-m-o-s so you can go on amazon yes. jim ramos and find that men in the arena.org is that right thank you sir yes 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 men That's in it. the arena.org yep and then you've got a podcast that we can and and i'm a subscriber i got in Appreciate fact that. you talked about grit i got your email i actually even read it when i was in indonesia <laughs> uh, you know, what they get the email, I actually read it. Uh, and you did a whole thing on John Wayne and true grit. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm, I thought I'm that speaking was... on that. I'm speaking on that this Sunday, part two of that, uh, on this Sunday, I'm doing that. Are you really? Yeah, I'm really grit. excited. Yeah, it's fantastic. And so, uh, Lord bless you on all that stuff, Jim. I think it's, uh, you know, truly amazing that you would step out and do that. You know, uh, many years ago, there were, there were frankly quite a few people who were running around doing ministry to men. Most of them aren't there anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, there's some, there's some really classic ones now, you know, Pat Morley and great friends like that who are doing fantastic work. Um, and Jim, I just so appreciate the fact that you and Dale and your crew have just said, we're going after this no matter what. You know, and I love the five things about what manhood is. I love all that stuff, man. I just think it's fantastic. So, you know, I want to I want to be one of your cheerleaders. Uh, talk about what you do. Uh, we need to have you come speak at one of our things somewhere. Kind of hang out, and uh, maybe you can put me on a on a you know like a ten point one day or something. You know, and. Uh, <laughs> I did catch a I did catch a 25 inch redfish this weekend, which I, that was pretty oh, cool. Oh wow! First, first redfish I'd caught, and so so that was cool. I like fishing. So um, anyway, so Lord bless you. We got you plenty that, of it man. here. We get to get you on a steelhead fishing trip all day long, buddy. If you come in the winter, and I would love to come and speak with you. I I fly for free wherever I go because I have I can fly standby, and it would be an honor to be labeled among uh, the Paul Cole. Uh, group or you know your your group and what you guys are doing and I love yeah. I love what you guys are doing and your impact. You know, uh, pretty amazing you and your your wife and and uh, what you guys have done and you would fly all that way to spend time together and you know uh, going back to something you said here's what you did right you showed up yeah and but you didn't just show up I guarantee you I know already just knowing you for a few moments that you hugged your boys. Oh, big time. You showed up, you hugged them, you gave them a kiss. They told you stuff. Hey, guess what I just did? You know, and they showed you something. You're like, dude, that's awesome. 
So you did more than just show up. You showed up, not just physically, but you showed up emotionally and spiritually. And, and those are the things that, you know, the guys are always looking for asking me, you know, well, what's the most important thing to do for my kids? And they want a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 thing. They want all these little things uh, like take your kid to the park. Well, if I have to tell you that, then, then yeah, we, we got, got nowhere to go, frankly. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like yeah. hug your kids and then do what helps them come alive. Absolutely. And the thing that you hit in 2010, Jim, was so huge in that coffee shop in, uh, was that in Southern California? Sisters, Oregon. Central Sisters, Oregon. Sisters, Oregon. Okay. So you're already in Oregon. And that thing, you know, uh, and repeat that phrase again. St. Irenaeus. In fact, John Eldridge wrote a book on this called Waking the Dead. The quote is, the glory of God is man fully alive. Yeah. I thought that was a great book. I just remember the cover. I always thought it said Walking the Dead. Yeah, I did too when I first <laughs> read it. You know, and, and it came out with Thomas Nelson and Sam Moore, who owned Nelson at the time, was a friend of mine. And I mentioned that to him and he said, yeah, don't bring that up again. So, uh, so it was apparently some sort of something between all of them, but anyway, what a great book and great author. And man, I just encourage you in the next book. What are you writing right now? I'm sure you're working on a new thing. Yeah, I've got two things I'm working on right now. The first one is I'm writing a book and I, I don't know if it's going to be called dead quotes society or dead men talking, but what I've done is I've taken, I've got, it's going to end up being 365 quotes from oldest to youngest death date. So Reggie Campbell with a um, radical mentoring just passed away. So he's going to be my last guy quoted going all the way back to, you know, men who lived thousands of years ago and we'll have their pictures uh, or drawings. We'll have, you know, when they lived, when they died, where they lived and what they're, what they're famous for. And we'll have one to four of their quotes. We'll have 365 quotes there. And so that's an, that book is pretty much finished. The other book I'm working on, I don't know what to call the book yet. It's still in a dream phase, but I believe a man does five things to be a man. Protects integrity, fights apathy, pursues God passionately, leads courageously, and finishes strong. But what I realize is that's what he does. But what is a man? What makes him, you know, what mantle does he carry that makes him different than our lovely counterpart women, right? And so I believe a man is five things. He carries five mantles that God has supernaturally, innately put in when put in him when he created the man. And those five things are protector, defender, fighter, provider, builder, pursuer, leader, sacrificer, and conqueror, finisher. And so I want to, I want to write a book about those five areas that really, I think Eldridge touched on a little bit when he talked about the three core passions and Stu Weber talked about it. When he talked about the four pillars, your dad addressed it head on as well. When you address the soul of a man, in a book, he comes alive. And so yeah. this is not a book of, here's what you do. This is going to be a book about, here's who you are. Yeah. And I want to see these. And I'm, I'm, I'm playing around with uh, how deep I'm going to go spiritually with that book. Because we've got, in America, 300 million men. And if 10% of those guys go to church, there's a huge, huge group of men around this world that don't attend church. And how can we reach those guys? Like your dad's exactly. booked it. So. Yeah. So that's, that's fantastic, man. I, I wrote all that stuff down. Hopefully I can get it to print before you do. <laughs> well, hey, so, at least quote me, at least quote me in the book. 
<laughs> let let no, me write you know, the endorsement. I'll quote you when I speak. By the time I hit the book, it'll be, you know, as a great man once said. <laughs> yeah, I've been thinking. <laughs> so, uh, you know, but that's fantastic. I, I think it's awesome. I, I'm reminded, though, quickly of uh, Donald Miller uh, when he wrote the book. Um, it was uh, Chasing a Dragon, and he was uh, in search of his father. And it's a book, actually, it's probably one of the least sold of his books. It, it was, yeah. I, it's called something different now, Chasing a Dragon. And he was, he was uh, looking for what is a real man. And he finally, about chapter eight, he goes, you know, I figured it out. What is a real man? A real man is, and he turned a page, a person with a penis. <laughs> and, and I thought, you know, he's pretty well nailed it, you know? And uh, we need some men who know how to fight. We need some men who know how to be courageous. We need some men who aren't given to apathy. And yeah. I think, you know, in a band of brothers, or as my friend Wes uh, said, he said, the bond of brothers. I, I, yeah. I believe there's something that happens as men gather with men that will begin to stir their hearts. So as you do these events and you speak and you're stirring the hearts of men towards what makes them come alive and where we come alive is in, is in our identity in Christ, man, I just think it's awesome. So Jim, thank you for yeah. being with us on a uh, brave man. You know, this is uh, I, I believe you are a brave man to do what you did. Courageous man. We called it brave men because it's not about story of brave men. It's about becoming a brave man. It's yeah. courage and wisdom for the journey. So uh, thank you for being with us, Jim. And uh, again, meninthearena.org, meninthearena.org. And then, uh, Jim, your book is on uh, Jim Ramos, R-A-M-O-S, and that's on mm -hmm. uh, Amazon. And then the field guide, Can we? where do we get that field guide for the uh, toilet? Field guide for yeah, the that, toilet. It's not called <laughs> that's that. That's a great question. It's the bathroom book for men. But yeah, what you can do bathroom is you can do book for men. Yeah, you can buy it at uh, meninarena.org. You can buy it on Amazon, or you can go to my website. On our homepage, we've got to get a free book now. You can click that, give us your email. We'll add you to our equipping blast that goes out every week that you also receive. Fantastic. And the guys can get the electronic version of the bathroom book for free. That's fantastic. So that means we got to keep our iPad close at all times. Is that <laughs> exactly? I guess, yeah. <laughs> anyway, Jim, God bless you, man. God bless you and your beautiful wife. And uh, your three boys, your new granddaughter, is that right? Yep, Naomi. And, uh -huh. uh, and then Dale and the whole team at Men in the Arena, we pray that the Lord not only increases you, but everything your hands touch, it will prosper. And in every place you put your feet, it will be holy ground. God bless you, Jim. Thanks, man. Amen. I receive that. Thank you so much. God bless, Paul. So, Paul, that was a great interview with Jim. Now, did you know Jim before the podcast interview? How did you guys yeah, connect? Well, we knew ahead of time because I had seen that bathroom book for men. And I know we talked about a lot of other things, but that was really kind of what attracted me. And then I saw they had a podcast. And anytime I see somebody who's involved in helping men become discipled, stronger followers of Christ, uh, to be the man they were designed to be, I want to meet that guy. So I reach out a lot. I'll just call. I'll just cold call guys, and that's what happened with Jim Ramos. Um, and I've actually now been on his podcast, and uh, just had a great time. And then he and I uh, did a couple of FaceTimes, where we just hung out, you know, just talk to each other, get to know each other, send each other swag, little swag, you know, stuff, books, materials to each other, and 
And a great guy, really like uh, Jim, and I, I can see us doing a number of things in the days ahead. How about we do this, Paul? The first person that emails paul at cmn.men mentions they heard this on the Jim Ramos podcast. You can send them a, a hat. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's the hat I'm wearing right now. It's the hat with a uh, yep. fantastic logo on it. And okay. uh, it's the Brotherhood of Commission Men. Okay, They're so you're just talking about... The- you were just talking about the swag, so let's let's do this. So let's, let's, let's the, do a swag. The swag. The first person that emails Paul at CMN.man mentions, hey, I heard about the free swag on free the hat. Jim Ramos free hat. Uh, you will get a hat. So uh, yep. we'll limit that to the first person, and then we'll see uh, who's listening. And uh, we'll do this we'll exactly. do this once in a while. Grizz and grizz. But Add here's the deal. Bugs. But if it's somebody, but if it's somebody like if it's my neighbor, Eric. Eric, you don't get the hat because <laughs> that's not fair, right? Would that be fair? Uh, I mean, if you know what, if he if he's the first person that writes in, he has to listen to the podcast. Really? Okay, I think All so. Right. I think so. Okay, okay. We'll okay. make up the rules. As, we'll make up the rules as we go along. Yeah, <laughs> this, has, this hasn't been vetted by the FTC or the FDA or anybody else. No, no, no. but they make up the rules as they go along too. <laughs> Well, there you have it. Today's Brave Men podcast. Maybe that's some of the issues we're facing in our culture. Uh, Oh, my gosh. That's why we need the Bible, man. That's right. That's why we need a true north, a center point, Brian. Hey, close the show, man. Come on. We really are thankful for you uh, listening to the Brave Men podcast. And uh, please subscribe and share. Thanks to that. Uh, CMN.men, one more time, is your, uh, is your great, is a destination for all the resources we have for you. So CMN.men. For Paul Cole, I'm Brian Boyd. We'll see you next week on the Brave Men Podcast. You've just experienced Brave Men with Paul Lewis Cole. Paul is president of the Christian Men's Network. Connect with Paul at CMN.men or write to him at paul at cmn.man.